Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Mendoza Line, a show all about the wonderful game of baseball. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined for the very first time, but definitely not the last time, by my best friend in the whole wide world, Mr. Nick Coates. What is up, man? Hey, Cam. Not too much. Uh, good to be with you in a virtual sense tonight. Yes, we are We are speaking to each other from halfway across this giant country of ours. Uh, and this is the first podcast that we've ever done together. So I'm I'm super happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. And you're about to drop a bunch of knowledge on these people, and they don't even know it yet. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm a big podcaster myself. I enjoy listening, so actually getting to partake in one. I'm excited to see how it goes, and especially, obviously, like baseball. So it's a topic I care about. So I think that's an understatement, as, as our dear listeners will soon find out. Uh, so Nick and I met in college and uh, have kind of been besties ever since. Uh, I am a giant Tigers fan. I want to get that out there before we get into any baseball. I am a giant Detroit Tigers fan. I hate every other team in the American League Central with a passion, and I live in Kansas City. So you can imagine how fun the last two years have been for me dealing with all these Royals fans. Mm. Uh, but Nick, Nick, you are a, a Central fan, but not American League. Yes, I am a fan of the Cincinnati Reds. So obviously, rough, rough year for me. Not the most optimistic outlook, but yeah, they're my theme. They go way back, so <clears throat> got a sixth uh, with him through the thick and the thin. All right, Nick, why don't you, uh, if you would please, tell our listeners exactly why it is that you love baseball? Wow, well, that's a that's a good question. You know, I, you know, thinking back, my childhood that was a a huge part of it uh, ever. Since I can remember, you know, just, you know, initially, uh, just playing catch with my dad out in the, we lived out in the country, had a lot of space in the yard, so always had a ton of fun, just lasting memories with him, just from the time I was little, and then, you know, getting me involved in Little League Baseball, just something that, especially as a kid, a lot younger, a lot more energy, obviously, but just every summer, that's what I did, uh, had a lot of fun. You know, when I was littler, I was actually pretty good at it. I got to play on some all-star teams. You know, I lost some athletic ability as I got older. But, <laughs> but yeah, just as a kid, just all that it meant was summer. And just my dad, uh, he always had a pretty deep passion for it and taught me a lot about the history of the game, uh, specifically Major League Baseball and being a part of America's pastime and his memories as a kid growing up with his dad and grandpa and then you know specifically I guess major league baseball you know he would take me to to games as a kid you know we would go to Cincinnati which is about a two-hour drive from where I grew up and you know being from the country in a small town you know driving to a big city and going to a stadium that big is just you can't help but just be overwhelmed by the whole scene so yeah just bought in from an early age and then as I've grown, I would definitely say I probably follow a lot more than my dad does now, you know, but we <laughs> just having that connection, you know, room for the same team. Uh, it's always fun, you know, to go through together. So 
The Reds actually won the World Series when I was four years old. I don't remember it at all, but... So I guess I can say they won a World Series in my lifetime, but for a grand majority of it, they've been pretty terrible. <laughs> Except for the last three or four years, they had a few... A few decent years, yeah. A few decent years made the playoffs, but now we're back to being terrible again. But luckily, I do not put my value or self-identity in the record of the Reds, or else I would be really depressed. Yeah, that is true. Uh, great America Ballpark is a great, a great park. Beautiful. I've been there once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, It was a, Met, a Mets-Reds game that I was at, and we set out left field. And it was when uh, Adam Dunn was still playing for the Reds. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was I w- it was when we were in college. Uh, and I remember specifically this one play at the game where they hit the ball out to left field, and it went into the corner, the foul line in the, in the uh, outfield wall, and he grabbed it and threw the guy out at second base from the corner. Wow. It, was, it was incredible. Uh, but you know, as, as they say, he's country strong. He can blow bubbles with beef jerky. So yeah. Uh, his nickname was actually the big donkey, which <laughs> one of my favorite nicknames of all time, but he was, he was definitely one of my favorite players growing up. He actually was mm-hmm. a high school. He's from Texas. He's a high school quarterback, but just huge guy. He's like six six, two hundred and sixty 260 pounds. Yeah. Played baseball. He had, I mean, tremendous power. Always. He always hit a lot of home runs, but struck out a ton as well. Wasn't the most athletic in the outfield. He surprisingly couldn't play first base either, so his his defensive skills were a bit of a liability, but, man, he hit some long home runs. And there's a couple times, which the rule has changed since then, but there's a couple home plate collisions in which he just destroyed the catcher, obviously, <laughs> being a very large man, but... Yeah. Yeah. So back in back in the years when we were terrible, you know, he was one of our few good players. So there was a uh, uh, only one thing that separated me from Adam Dunn in that whole description was the <laughs> was the power hitting, the poor defense, yeah. the poor athleticism, the inability to play first base, the ability to strike out quite a bit. I've got all that in spades. <laughs> I couldn't hit a baseball if my life depended on it, Nick. It's pathetic. Yeah. They, they say it's the most difficult thing in the world to do hit a round ball with a round bat so all right well that is a bit of uh our a brief bit of our history and in, in, in a glimpse into uh what you will soon come to realize is uh something special that nick has and that's just a a, a great love for the game but a freakish knowledge as well which we'll get into as the show unravels um but i want to let you guys know exactly what to expect from this show Mendoza line going forward uh it's gonna be a weekly show hopefully well that's what we're aiming for is a weekly show uh and we're gonna try and release it on mondays so you can kind of start your week with a recap of the previous week uh of baseball and so each show will probably have one to two or three main topics depending on in how long you know they're gonna take us to discuss but we want to focus on one or two big things each week and then uh we might also depending on the week and in the time that we have available do a bit uh fantasy baseball discussion because uh i'm really mediocre at fantasy baseball and i usually lose it about a month after the all-star break i just can't handle it anymore but nick wins like every league that he's in so you're you're That's in for true. a treat well you you do a uh a, a 
a lot better than I do. <laughs> you know, I will say, like, <clears throat> you got to give yourself a little credit, but a big reason why is, yeah, it's it's a long year. You got to stay with it, and I, I think that's tough for a lot of people. So, you know, maybe this year, if you stick with it the whole year, we'll see how you do. Well, can I can I let everyone in on a little secret? Uh, Nick and I are in a, a very very serious keeper league, um, and it's a weekly one like football where you set your lineup for the week. For half the season last year, I didn't even know what day we were supposed to set our lineups for, which is pathetic. So this year, my goal is to not only know when to set my lineup, but to actually have it set. So it's going to be a good year for you, I can tell. I well, I've got a few good young keepers that maybe we'll talk about because next we're going to have a special episode next week. We are going to. Uh, our podcast next week is going to actually be the draft for that keeper league. Um, it's a 14 team league, right, Nick? Yep. 14 teams. These guys all take it very seriously. Uh, crazy amounts of keepers and prospects. And I don't even understand how it all works, but our next episode is where Nick and I are just going to uh, kind of live podcast the, um, the draft and see how it goes. Hopefully I don't blow it, you know, yeah, drafting, ch- drafting Chuck Knobloch in the second round. It's, it's either going to be really interesting or, uh, super boring, really, <laughs> really boring, but it'll be fun for us, I guess. Yeah. All right. Nick, if people wanted to get in touch with us, do you know how they might do that? I'm totally throwing you under the bus here, buddy. Well, uh, Listening to the other podcasts, uh, I think one way that they could reach us is uh, via social media. Yes. So uh, we are both on Twitter, which I often use for uh, news and information. But my Twitter handle is uh, Coatsy. It's C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E, two E's. That is correct. And I'm at Cam Brennan. C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N, just like it sounds. So that's how you can get in touch with us. Also, uh, if your um, question, response, or uh, wondering how I'm so inept about this baseball thing is longer than a tweet provides, you can email us at hello at supermegacorp.net because this show is one of the many shows that Super Megacorp provides. So you can holler at Nick, you can holler at me, or you can get us both through that email. And uh, we would love to hear um, your reactions to, as we dive into the show now, uh, what our thoughts are. Um, are we wrong? Are we right? Are we crazy? Did we did we screw up uh, a stat? Or do you just want to you know tell Nick that he's the smartest baseball person ever? I'm not saying he's Billy Bean, but I'm just saying. I uh, I think you overestimate uh, my knowledge a little bit. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm just are. trying to set you. I'm trying to make you look good, man. Well, I, <laughs> somebody's gonna listen to this and actually say he's he's really not that smart. He just, I guess, enjoys it. But there, I mean, there are some people. Oh my gosh, some of the things I read just very way smarter than me with statistics and all these things that I don't understand. I'm just, I guess, someone who has this weird love affair with a game that. A lot of people think are is really boring, really slow, too long, and I just shake my head because 
I don't understand why they say that, but <laughs> I, I guess I appreciate the compliment, but well, let me, I, uh, let me, let me perhaps frame it this way. I am a smart guy and I know a lot about sports in general. Uh, but baseball is a glaring weakness in my knowledge base as far as like, I know how the game is played I know how the game is supposed to be played. Um, and I understand the stats and all that stuff, but like, I don't know the, the teams, the players, the dynamics, like all of that stuff. I don't know nearly as well as like say college football or European soccer. Right. So when I hear Nick talk to me about baseball, he seems like a genius and I seem like an idiot. So let me frame it in that way. In that my knowledge of baseball is not what I would like it to be. And Nick's is what I would like it to be. So when I say that he's super smart and a genius, it just means that I'm jealous. So perhaps if I frame it in that way, uh, it will be better for uh, our listeners to know that, that Nick is just a guy that, that loves the game and knows a lot more about it than I do. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. And I think through this podcast, you know, hopefully for you, for myself and for others, it's a way to learn, to, you know, talk about the things that are going on. Hopefully there's some other avid baseball fans out there. Yeah, and would appreciate some feedback as well. We'd love to hear from others from different teams, uh, questions that you may have. If maybe you're not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but yeah, as interaction-based as this can be, I think is even better. Definitely, definitely. All right, let us dive into our very first topic, Nick. So pitchers and catchers just reported a Oh, well, about a week ago, depending on the, the team. So we are we are uh, on the cusp of spring training games, which is a very exciting time because it means that spring is coming, summer is coming, all of all of the things that that we look forward to during the winter are coming. And I think this is a good time for us to reflect upon some of the stuff that went on during the off season, which I don't know about you, but the stuff that I've been reading, a lot of people are kind of freaking out about how many crazy deals were made in this off season. It was that, is that a fair estimation that this is, this is an unusually busy and heavy spending off season. You know, I don't, I don't know necessarily about more busy, you know, the, each year that goes by, I think the contract sizes get bigger and bigger just because, you know, I think despite maybe the popularity perception of baseball, it, they're still making quite a bit of money uh, with some of these contracts that are going out. So, you know, busyness-wise, you know, I, the baseball offseason, like there's never, I guess, uh, for the, for those people working in those organizations, they're just constantly evaluating and picking up these no-name players that you don't, I mean, most of the time don't even make the news um, just for like tryouts and spring training uh, to maybe play in the minors, et cetera. But yeah, I guess there's an interesting, you know, when you look at these moves, you have teams that are, you know, really going for it this year. And then with some of the moves, you have some teams that are, I guess, t tanking in a sense or, uh, Maybe they wouldn't overtly say that, but they're definitely not trying to win this year. It's all about stocking up on young talent to hopefully so compete in a few years. So you're talking about the Atlanta Braves is what you're talking about right now. Yeah, they, uh, they're they definitely on the top of the list, which you know, I a lot of people are saying you know half the National League 
is in that boat as well, but the Braves are definitely on the top of that. Well, yeah, because based on, on, on what I read, there's a lot of people that are handing the best offseason award to the Diamondbacks for landing uh, Grinky and uh, help me out with the second pitcher. I'm drawing a blank right now. Shelby Miller. Yes, yes. From from the Braves, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was reading an article the other day that said, you know, well, if you're judging best by putting yourself in a chance to win now, then then sure, the Diamondbacks or Cubs, or maybe even the Red Sox. But if you're judging best offseason by putting your organization long-term in a positive trajectory, then it has to be the Braves, because they stocked up on a crazy amount of draft picks and prospects. They're going to be they're they're going to be non-competitive for a little while, but in the long run, they've given themselves options. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, this started uh, begin, right before the beginning of the season last year with the Braves. They they kind of went for it a little bit there. They signed or they traded for Justin Upton. and uh, Who's now on my Tigers. Booyah. He's now on the Tigers, right. But right before the year, they traded Craig Kimbrell uh, to, the Dime, or to the San Diego Padres, kind of yeah. out of the blue. And then they've just I remember been... remember that. They've been trading guys all throughout the year, pretty much. If they have any sort of talent or, you know, major league service time left, they've been training them. And yeah, they've just been stocking up on young prospects. And yeah, especially this uh, off season, they made a couple of trades that were pretty universally lauded for what they got back. Um, the first one was Andrelton Simmons. He's a, what would you say, a light hitting defensive wizard. You know, he's, he's one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball, which is a super valuable thing to have, especially because, mm-hmm. Shortstop is, you know, a lot of right-handed hitters pulling the ball. You got to have a good shortstop uh, if you want to have success defensively. So he and a lot of value inherently with that. You know, he's not going to hit a ton. He'll, he'll hit for some average, but they traded him to the Angels and got their top two prospects. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's all relative as well. The Angels also have the worst farm system in the in the league, which – I'm sure we'll get into more what farm system means and all that later, but uh, Sean Newcomb, he's a lefty. Uh, their top prospect was definitely the the prize of that one and probably in the rotation in a year or two. And then the other trade they made with the Diamondbacks, which the Diamondbacks have made a few moves. You know, I think a lot of people would say they had a good offseason. They got Grinky, but they gave up quite a bit as well. You know, they traded Shelby Miller, they're brazen to the Diamondbacks, which, you know, Shelby Miller, he's a well-regarded prospect with uh, the Cardinals a couple years ago. They traded him to the Braves for Jason Hayward last year. He's a good, solid pitcher, but they, they traded him and fr- got from the Diamondbacks. Uh, Dansby Swanson, who was the number one overall pick in the draft last summer. So, oh, wow. Uh, obviously very highly regarded and... This could be a franchise shortstop for uh, for the Braves. And they also got one of their top pitchers, Aaron Blair, and a couple other pieces as well, um, just for a, you know, I would say not elite top-of-the-line starting pitcher, you know, a good starting pitcher, but it just goes to show you, you know, some organizations really value that. So, so yeah, I mean, and on both ends, you know, for the Diamondbacks and signing Greenkey and getting Shelby Miller, to add to their other pieces is great, but for the Braves, you know, they got 
potentially a couple cornerstone pieces that they're going to be able to control for a long time. So win-win for both teams, a lot of people would say. Yeah, I just want to say that Dansby Swanson sounds like a British law firm, and I love it. That's that's all I want to say. <laughs> it is it is a great name. Um, all right, so the team that we really haven't talked about, well, the two teams that we we've we've talked about the Braves and Diamondbacks the most, and and obviously they, you know, were very busy. But I also want to touch on two of the other very sexy, you know, teams among the sports media right now. <laughs> are the Red Sox and the Cubs. Yeah. And and the Cubs had a good year last year, if I'm not mistaken. They did. <clears throat> um and they 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 did decently well in the offseason as well. They picked up Ben Zobrist from the Royals, which makes me happy because it means the Royals will be, you know, not as good. Um they also re-signed Dexter Fowler, they added John Lackey, uh which I'm not I'm not as high on that signing as other people are uh, like mm-hmm. he, he's a good pitcher but he's not what he used to be when he's with the angels by any stretch of the imagination um but i'm interested in, in hearing your thoughts on on the cub signing specifically because you're the red you're a reds fan and you hate the cubs so <laughs> i i realize this is going to be painful for you to admit how how good they are but also the the red Sox they pick up uh craig kimbrell who you mentioned the braves traded a few seasons ago and also david price who used to be a tiger and uh, so I'm I'm interested to think or to hear what you think about those two teams off seasons. So yeah, I would say uh, it's it's definitely interesting. The Red Sox and Cubs, you know, they went through all those years of not winning the World Series, and they just became media darlings. You know, the Red Sox finally did win the World Series a few years ago. But yeah, they the media loves what they did this off season. Starting with the Cubs, yeah, they, they made some good deals. I mean. They went, you know, Theo Epstein became their vice president five or six years ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, but obviously well-regarded. Well, and, and for those who don't know, he was the the guy that turned the Red Sox yeah. around, what, 12 yeah. years ago when they beat the Yankees in that seven-game series. Yeah, totally built that, you know, organization up, won a World Series when they hadn't won a World Series in, you know, almost 100 years. So definitely, you know, he was – one of the first big analytical guys that, uh, you know, you know, young guy kind of came in and rethought a lot of how scouting was done, how teams were constructed. Um, and definitely has changed a lot of that landscape, which I'm sure we could talk about more in depth later, but you know, he, uh, he had an interesting philosophy of how the Cubs were built. They had a lot of really bad contracts, a lot of old guys that getting paid a lot of money who weren't very good. And they kind of, just let them play, try to get rid of as many of them as possible. And they're kind of just terrible for about five years. But in the meantime, they, you know, had all these high draft picks. Um, they invest a lot into scouting and development. And they, you know, have built up their farm system to where they have so many guys right now that are so young and so good that they're going to be good for a long time. And then, you know, they they kind of came out of nowhere last year where, they probably weren't expecting to compete until this year when last year they uh, made the wild card, beat the, beat the pirates, beat the Cardinals and almost, you know, made it to the world series, you know, with a bunch of young guys. So, you know, this, this off season, they added those guys you talked about, you know, lackey will be a good end of the rotation piece. 
he'll pitch a lot of innings, which is a super valuable thing. Pretty durable guy. Zobrist, he's super, uh, he's a utility guy. He can play anywhere. He's good at bat, good on base skills, which is super valuable. And they also got Jason Hayward, which they signed him, signed him to a lot of money, which, you know, he's, he, he had a lot of expectations. He actually came up a lot of people, he's been in the majors forever, it seems like, but he's only 26. So he's, a lot of people think he's old, but he's three years younger than me, so, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> scary to think about. But he, yeah, he's a very good athlete, can, uh, has an amazing arm, plays really good yeah, defense. and He's very good in the field. Very good hitter. I mean, he got paid pretty well. I don't know the exact terms, but I think over $200 million, so. They, we, are, we are in the wrong line of business, my friend. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the the Cubs are loaded. They've they've got more p- good players than they have spots right now. Which at the end of the day, I guess it's they can't play. They can't play more than nine people at a time. So you know. You well, can, but but to um to the point that you made before we started recording, and I don't even know if this was in reference. I think this was in reference to the Astros, who we haven't even talked about yet. But when you have that problem of too many good players for starting positions it puts you in a position towards the end of the season and the trade deadline to maybe give up a prospect or two in turn for someone that's going to put you over the top this season yeah absolutely I would look for them probably around the trade deadline this year to flip a couple of those young prospects for a a big young a big arm that's going to be on the market so not really knowing Obviously, who's going to be competing or not at this point? Well, I don't know who that'll be, but I, I look for them to be active and make some sort of move like that at the deadline, which they're going to be pretty good this year. So, yeah, it, it hurts to say that as a Reds fan because <laughs> we uh, we have this saying, you know, Cubs are going to Cub, which basically, you know, for so long they're so bad, so we kind of always were able to depend on a few wins from them, but no longer. So that's all. That's how it works sometimes. Yeah. All right. So of the teams that we mentioned there, the Braves, the Red Sox, the Cubs, and the Diamondbacks, and then you feel free to add any other team in there. Uh, I want to ask you who you think had the best offseason. And I want you to consider immediate uh, reward versus long-term benefit in your answer, because those are two very different things, but are things that should, I think, be considered in, in such a question. So if you think it's one of those four teams, great, but if you think that somebody else did even better, um, I, I'd love to know who you think um, did did the best this offseason. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm going to cop out and say, in one sense, you know, in the short term, the Cubs... I think by far, just even getting Dexter Fowler back to play center, like they, they're just loaded, <clears throat> and they, I mean, the things that they're able to do, and I think they have a lot of obviously flexibility to get even better. But yeah, they're going to be tough to beat, and I think I don't think any of their contracts are are terrible. You know, the, a lot of the young guys they're not going to have to pay much for a while. So yeah, I would say in the short term they're the best. I think the Braves and all they've done I'm I'm super jealous because a lot of what they've done I've wanted the Reds to do but the Reds waited too long you know where a lot of their good trade pieces they should have traded a year or two ago when they had more value and 
they waited until they had to trade him and they kind of just took the best deal possible. But I think the Braves, just the amount of talent that they had, got back and getting the number one pick in the draft last year, that franchise player for a number two, three starter, just, I would say them long-term, just a lot of it's because I'm super jealous of uh, (laughs) what they were able to accomplish. And yeah, I mean, they're going to be pretty bad again this year, but they're getting a new stadium, I believe, uh, after this year. And once they move into there, they're going to really turn it around pretty quick. All right. Well, I can't argue with that. Uh, I I wish you would have hit the Tigers, but that would have been a bold-faced lie because their bullpen is still... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, unproven. Yeah. They at least they at least tried to address it, which is you know growth they for did. the Tigers. They did, and I mean you know the the Tigers are my American League team. I yeah, those two summers I spent up there going to those games, being a Camaro. It's a beautiful park. You know, I, I like it, a lot of Tigers really players. It really is, isn't it? it, it yeah, it's a great it's a great park. Well, I mean I. I think at the majors now, I don't know if there's necessarily an ugly park. There's probably only a couple now, but U.S. Cellular, U.S. Uh, just because you <laughs> you hate the White Sox, but I do hate them. Probably, but I, I I went and saw a game there, and I got Ben Zobra's autograph, so that was cool. Because hard Rays to believe I've I've never been to either Chicago Stadium when I grew up. Okay, you're gonna hate this, but do you remember? Uh, oh gosh, almost six years ago, uh, when I was still living in, in Illinois. My wife and I went to a Cubs game, and I wore a Cubs jersey because I wanted to fit in. And you asked me uh, on uh, it was a Facebook or text message, "What in the world are you wearing? Why? Yeah, why do? Why do you have a Cubs jersey on?" <laughs> I had forgotten about that, but yeah, what the heck? Well, What's up with that? I was newly married, and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to my wife to like me more. She liked me a lot, but you know, I thought, well, we're going to be in Wrigley. If I wear a Cubs jersey, then that's just going to be better for me because my wife is a big Cubs fan. She really is, um, mm-hmm. which may, maybe explains why she married me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, yeah. but anyhow. All right, enough about the off season. Let's talk about the upcoming season, Nick, because it's going to be here before we know it, and there is a lot to be determined. They play, what, 182 games? Is that correct? 162. 162. Sorry, basketball is 82. Sorry, the, M- yeah. the NBA is 82. I always get that mixed up. 162 games. 81 home games and 81 road games, right? Yes. Gosh, that sounds terrible. It's amazing. That's, it's the that's... best thing ever. <laughs> you can ask my wife. I, uh, Whenever the Reds have an off day in the summer, which is basically like two or three times a month, I'm like... This is terrible. Like, I, what am I going to do today without having a Reds game to, you know, at least watch or listen to? <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? But yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. A game every day, pretty much. Oh, boy. That just, it tires me just to think about it. All right. But let's let's talk predictions, Nick. We are at the perfect point in time to talk predictions. All of the big uh, winter meeting deals are done. Uh, everyone's been traded. Spring training is is just starting. So this is the perfect opportunity for us to make predictions about who's going to win each division, who's going to win the wild cards, and who's going to be in the World Series. So uh, I, here's what happened. I picked just the AL winners because I'm um, dumb, and Nick picked every division and the wild cards. And then I realized, oh, yeah, there are wild cards. I should probably pick those two. <laughs> So, so let's 
because I'm talking right now, let's let's start in the American League, which I at least am very familiar with. The National League starts to, you know, be like Greek to me. But the American League East, Nick, who do you think is going to win the American League East? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, you know, I was talking to you before we started about this, but I, you know, the AL East is, you know, been known as a pretty powerful division in the past. You have the Red Sox, Yankees, the Rays are always competitive, and I, I just really think it's going to be down this year. I, I think all of those teams have some pretty significant flaws. Um, even the the Blue Jays who won it last year. So this is probably the toughest toughest one for me, but I. I went ahead and went with the Red Sox, uh, just because uh, the amount of talent I think that's still on that team, even though they did get last last year, and then they did <laughs> they did sign uh, David Price, who is a pretty good pitcher, and Craig Kimbrell. So, you know, a big reason why they really struggled last year was pitching. They just had no no good pitchers. They were throwing a lot of really mediocre pitchers out in the American League, which is never good. So. You know, I, I just yeah, I didn't have in that division too. Yeah, I didn't have confidence enough in any other teams, so I kind of bit with a risky pick there, and I think the Red Sox are going to rebound and win the East. Well, I will say initially I picked the Red Sox because that's you know what all the uh, quote unquote experts have been saying that oh da- uh, David Price and Craig Kimbrell put them over the top, which you know when you add two pitchers of that caliber and you make the playoffs. That's a game changer, but you got to make the playoffs first before they become a factor in getting you to the World Series. Because and, and you know who's uh, the president and GM there now, don't you? Yeah, good old Dave Dombrowski, who couldn't yeah. build a freaking bullpen in Detroit to save his life. Hey, we need relief pitchers now. Let's sign thirty-seven-year-old Tory Hunter. That's a great idea, Dave. <laughs> Oh, don't. He why was, did you bring that up? Why did you bring that? Up? He went out and signed one of the best closers. So he's. I know what the mistakes. crap was that about? Where was that two years ago, Dave? I. He seems like a nice guy. I really like every every interview I've seen with Dave Nebraska. I'm like, he seems like a cool dude, but he refused to build a bullpen in Detroit. I I just oh, mm-hmm. Nick, you've made me angry. Well, you can't argue with the success they've had. So. No, I mean, no, I, they, I, he, I remember he, when the Tigers lost 100 and yeah, 2003. Games. Yeah, 2003, worst team in baseball history. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. And Dave Dombrowski got us to the playoffs and got us to the World Series twice, and I'm grateful for that. However, he refused to get relief pitchers. I'm sorry, Joaquin Soria and Joe Nathan are not options in 2014. Not <laughs> options. They're not. They're not. They're old as well. That's part <sighs> of the problem. Anyways, Joaquim Soria, too. But he's back on the Royals now, so I'm kind of hoping that, you know, they tank. The Mexicutioner, right? He didn't like that one. He thought it was offensive. Um, ah, his, probably his, right. <laughs> his, his Mexcellency is much better. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> much more positive. But anyhow, all right. So I initially thought about the Red Sox here as an option just because, ooh, Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts, David Price, Kay Krimble, great. And I kept looking like they got Hanley Ramirez at first base and he just refuses to play baseball. So that's a concern. Pablo Sandoval, uh, Kung Fu Panda himself is at third base and he has not 
adjusted well to Boston. World Series MVP, Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, for the San Francisco Giants. And it's an even year, so you know what that means. <laughs> They've got a yeah, shot. They uh, do. So anyways, so I was looking at that, and then I look at their pitching. David Price, obviously incredible. Clay Buckholtz, pretty good. But then you get Rick Porcello, somebody Rodriguez, and somebody Kelly. I say somebody because they're both very young. They have lots of potential, but they're both very young. And then I was like, well, okay, that's all right. And you look at the Yankees, who, you know, everyone hates, and rightfully so. And Masahiro Tanaka's pretty darn good. Michael Pineda's pretty good. They still have CeCe Sabathia, who is not what he used to be. Awful. Well, he's in the four slot, so we can we can give him, you know, a, a grade of C. Haha, <laughs> get it? <laughs> he, but he, likes, te- he hasn't missed too many meals. Let's just well, and I don't blame him for that. He can afford them. They're just, they're just, their team is just very, very, very old. They Jacoby, are. Jacoby old. Ellsbury, Carlos Beltran, Mark Teixeira, Brian McCann, Sabathia is old. And they've they literally all had very serious injuries very recently. Yeah, but they do have uh, Gregorius and Casser up the middle, which is which is an intriguing young pairing, I must yeah. say. I know you don't like Agree it. Agree to disagree. It's, this is what this <laughs> podcast is for. Yes. Um, I just, and then, uh, I don't know, but they, they, they got to roll this Chapman from your Reds, which I don't know how you feel about that. They did. Well, <clears throat> personal feelings aside, he's, he's a great, great player. Can throw baseballs really fast. But <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen his Instagram, but he has this hashtag where he's, he call every picture he takes, he takes a lot of selfies, which he's a 28 year old man, but he hashtags Chapman swag after all of them. I just, Oh, I hate him. I can't do oh. that. Yep. He belongs <laughs> on the Yankees. So, so all- he, He's also charged t- with domestic uh, assault this offseason, so <sighs> kind of glad to see him gone. Yeah, well, anyways, I picked the Yankees to win the AL East because I don't think that Toronto can repeat. They lost David Price. Uh, I just And, and they're just going to beat up on each other. I picked the Yankees. I, I think it's a dumb choice, but I, I did anyways. We shall now, see. Now, let's, uh, let's swing out to the West Coast here. And let's talk AL West because this should be a pretty easy conversation. Who'd you pick? Yeah, I went with the Houston Astros for the West. Yeah, and I listened to Nick, and I also chose the Astros because uh, going against common sense, they're actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, I remember the consensus was when they switched over to the American League that they were going to be awful for like three or four years. Well, they were they were not awful for three or four years. In fact, they were pretty stinking good last year. Yeah, I mean, they were awful for about two years, two or three years. They had the number one or two pick, but another thing like the Cubs, they invested a very analytical Jeffrey Luau. Um, he was with the Cardinals. They hired him away, and then And then they, they got, hacked his computer. Yeah, hacked his computer. Interesting, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. But, yeah, they they got a couple. Oh, they're, Carlos Correa, he's going to be probably one of the best players in the league, if not this year, pretty soon a shortstop for them, but yeah, they, uh, they're another team that really surprised and made it all the way to the ALS, the, all oh, the ALDS last year, almost beat the Royals. I think they were up by four in the eighth inning, uh, to put yeah. them away. Yeah. I remember that. The Royals came back. So, but yeah, that Texas is pretty good, but the rest of that division, not very good. You mean, oh, oh, like the Rangers. So you're throwing them in there too. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the Rangers will be competitive, but fair enough. Well, I picked the Astros as well, as I as I mentioned earlier, just because they're just there's just too much good young talent there. I mean, and then you get to the pitching like Dallas. Is it Keikel? Is that how you say his last name? Keikel, yeah. Uh, he's he's you know he's not half bad <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I yeah I, I don't think it's gonna be a competition. Uh, I think you're higher on the Rangers than I am, but I, I'm going to trust your gut there. Uh, all right, so I purposely avoided the AL Central because I'm going <laughs> to yell. I'm about to yell at you uh, for the whole internet to hear. Nick, uh, what what un oh just evil team did you pick to win the AL Central? Yeah, I picked the Cleveland Indians. Have you not seen Major League? Don't you realize they're terrible? <laughs> I have. That's. One of my f- actually Major League Two, I think, is one of the most underrated sequels of all time. Hilarious movie, but I mean, <clears throat> they uh they've got a really good rotation of good young pitchers, and their lineup ain't half bad either. So you know, I, I last year I picked the White Sox to win, so I <laughs> I don't necessarily have the best credibility for picking the Central, but yeah, I think this is the the Indians' year. Gosh, and they have Terry Francona. So they actually have someone who's intelligent leading that team. That's that's fantastic. Uh, I did not choose the Indians. Pray tell, Nick. Can you guess who I picked to win the AL Central? <laughs> you know, like I said, I admire your loyalty. I picked that, the uh, Detroit Tigers. Dang it. That is right. Yeah. Do, the they have, the do they have flaws? Certainly. Is Francisco Rodriguez a good closer? Probably not. Uh... I sure hope he is, but here's all I have to say, Nick. When your last reliable closer was Todd Jones, yeah. you have a serious organizational flaw occurring. It's been a while. It's been a long time. And you know, that's the, that's the worst way to lose a baseball game, is to have leads and then have your bullpen blow them. So, I, I mean, I definitely I understand. That's a, they well, say a, and- a pitcher's best or a, a manager's best friend is a good bullpen, and yeah, you know, and and I live in Kansas City, so I know what a good bullpen yeah. looks like. They've been on, it. they've been on fire the last couple of years. Their bullpen has, and then I everyone think, else finally caught up. But I look at that, and I look at the Detroit team, and I just why not add another bat? Because that doesn't solve the problem in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. But but. I will say this. The reason I chose the Tigers, besides the fact that I'm, you know, blindly, uh, you know, devoted, their lineup is going to be difficult for pitchers to get through. And, and they will score some runs. They will score some runs. They will. And they got rid of Joe Namath, Joaquin Soria, and Jobber Chamberlain. They got rid of them. They're all gone. And so the bullpen still is a question mark, and so is the end of our rotation. And I realize that these two things are glaring problems, but um, the White Sox will never win. That's just a fact. Even though they won the World Series the year after we lost it to the Cardinals in 04, which I don't want to talk about. Uh, I think the Royals will win. Um, spoiler alert, I think they'll get the other wild card spot. Uh, I don't like Cleveland because we refer to that as the armpit of America in Detroit. That's, that's how we refer to that. And what's oh Minnesota? No one cares about them, um, even though they've got some pretty decent players too. So I'm just I'm I'm going on a limb and I'm supporting my hometown team, and that's that. 
And if I'm wrong, so be it, but I'll go down with the ship. I guess we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> only like nine months away. <laughs> All right, wild, wild cards, I chose the Red Sox and the Royals. That's who I chose. It, and I chose the Royals and Rangers. Okay, so we both have the Royals <clears throat> losing the Central, which is okay with me. Now let's, let's delve into this, this wild, wild thing called the National League, where pitchers bat. Uh, yeah, let's the, pure, just, the pure league. That's that's one word for it. Uh, let's. <laughs> why don't you tell us who you think is going to win the NL East, Nick? Yeah, I, I picked the Mets uh, to repeat again, just because the other. I mean, there's three teams in the East that are terrible, and then that's pretty much the Mets and Nationals. And the Nationals just have too many question marks with their pitching, and I don't know. Dusty Baker is their manager; leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> for me. So yeah, you've got that, the Mets. There. The Mets rotation is just filthy. They have, you know, four very, very good pitchers and a couple other really good options. So Yeah, they've got, what, Syndergaard and DeGrom and then Matt Harvey. Mm -hmm. Steven Matz is an up-and-comer. They've got Zach Wheeler, who's come back from injury. They've they've got some depth as well. Did did Wheeler used to be on the Tampa Bay Rays? No, he was on the... Athletics? Giants. He the was giant. okay. Oh, for two. Sorry. But yeah, they. I can't. I think he got traded to the Mets in the Carlos Beltran deal a few years ago. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. But yeah, Wheeler. You know, he's he was a top prospect. He he has some control issues. Good player. I mean, if he's your fifth starter, though, that's pretty good. <laughs> so I mean, as, yeah. as long as injuries don't become a major factor, you know, they got Cespedes back. Um, they're gonna. They're gonna be tough to beat in the East. So I pick them. I uh, I agree. I I don't think, like you said, the Nationals have the best possibility of challenging the Mets, but I I don't think that they can. And they got compete. Bryce Harper and Papelbon on the same team. That's a that's a tough team to root for. <laughs> well, they do have Max Scherzer. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, all right, let's go to the NL Central which I think it's going to be fairly obvious who the winner is here. Which is yeah, crazy to say about I this know, team. I know. I know. I mean, I think there are three really good teams, but, you know, for the offseason stuff, I think the Cubs will be my pick. Yeah, and I think I think whoever whoever finishes second, much like you, I think, on your, your predictions, excuse me, whoever finishes second here is probably going to get a wild card spot. I think second and third, I think – like last year, there's going to be three teams from the, the Central. Same three teams. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's fair. So then the NL West, you have who? Yeah, I picked the <clears> – <throat> this was a tough one too. I, I went back and forth between the Dodgers and Giants. But I went with the Giants just because uh, I think it's obviously an even year, so they always win the World Series in the even year. But the Dodgers just – Outside of Kershaw, I mean, they lost Green Key, and their pitching is just not very good. So, I mean, if they go out and make a couple of trades, get a couple of really good pitchers. I, I didn't even realize that Scott Casimir was still in the league, and he's their number yeah. two starter. He's he's. I knew there. he was. I knew he was there recently. I did not realize he was still playing. Yeah, Casimir, Alex Wood, who. Well, yeah. they, Kenley Jansen, though, he's a very good pitcher. He's yeah, they got a, got a good closer. I mean, they're going to have a good lineup. They've got the top prospect in the league, Corey Seager. He's going to probably 
be a regular this year. I mean, they're going to have a great lineup, but uh, pitching-wise, I mean, you can't just depend on one pitcher and have success. You know, you, the Giants at least have. They got uh, Cueto and Samarja this year, which Samarja's definitely a bit inconsistent, but I think in that ballpark, he'll have some success. And I don't know. There's something about the Giants. They just, they're tough. Buster Posey, they just, they're a good team, so I went with them. That's fair. I'm not going to argue with you. All right, so NL wild cards. Who do you got? I picked the Pirates and Cardinals. I think, you know, those are. So it's the NL Central show. Yeah, NL Central show. Pirates, you know, they were definitely, I went between them and the Cubs, but I think Cubs all all around are a better team. Pirates are still going to be good. I'll be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. And then the Cardinals are just, I hate them. But they just win, and I just, I you know, I figured I might as well pick them and hopefully be wrong than not pick them and them win the division again, which I don't know how they do it, but they do. Yeah. All right, so let's dive into World Series predictions. I have the Cubs versus, who do you think, Nick? The, the Tigers, wow. Uh, clearly, they're clearly the best team in baseball. I mean, they don't have any, any you know, major issues. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I chose the Cubs and the Tigers, and, and I realize how ridiculous that sounds. But you know what? That's what I chose. So, there. More more power to you. Um, <laughs> I went with the Cubs as well. <clears throat> so, I definitely sense a Cubs theme here. And then I went with the Astros. So The Astros, you know, huh? Two or three years ago, that would seem crazy as a matchup, but I think that's what's yeah. Who would ever year. thought Cubs Astros in the World Series? That's that's interesting. Or who do you who do you think is going to win in that matchup? So I, I, you know, I think the curse is still real. I don't know if they're going to win it this year, but I took the Astros over the Cubs. I just it seemed a little too crazy to take the Cubs in the World Series. Oh, a little too crazy, huh? <laughs> is that is that is that why I picked the Cubs to beat my Tigers in the World Series? Because we can't seem to win when we get there. Yeah, you call, you call me crazy, Nick. I mean, if it was the Cubs versus Tigers, then yeah, I would probably pick the Cubs. But <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> well, here, I got to be honest with you. I would I would love to see the Cubs win just so we can all move on from them being the lovable losers and just make them a, nor- a normal team again and let somebody else pick that, uh, you know, burden up. Like, say, the Miami Marlins. Let's make them the lovable losers because no one, no one likes them anyways. I know a lot of people that would be very happy if the Cubs won the World Series. Well, yeah, us both being Midwest boys, we have a lot of... A lot of <laughs> close friends and family that that would love that. So, who hey, knows? Any year, the, any year that the Cardinals don't win the World Series is a good year in my book. That's uh, I can agree with that. I I'm still not over the the Tigers Cardinals World Series at all. I'm I have nightmares about it. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, so those are our predictions. So real quick here before we uh, wrap up, Nick, why don't you? If you don't mind, 
kind of give us a preview of, say, the upcoming fantasy baseball season and maybe anything that you want to share with listeners about maybe your your thoughts, your strategy, or uh, anything kind of like that? Yeah, I, uh, fantasy baseball, is, it's been a fun little hobby of mine. I think I started playing in middle school. I remember doing drafts with friends and stuff. So, you know, for me, it's a yeah fun way to be able to follow uh, the season individual players as they go on, especially for me being a Reds fan. There's especially, and you get to about the second, third month of the year and things aren't looking super optimistic. You at least have something to follow if you're playing fantasy baseball. So yeah, it's something that I've just really enjoyed playing. You know, I've tried not to get too overly serious about it, but I think part of being successful in it is just being able to follow it all throughout the year. So I mean, that's something that's been pretty easy for me to do. So, so yeah, I mean, as part of this podcast, you know, Cam and I talked about it and, you know, I think we'll add elements of that. And yeah, next week being able to experience the draft, talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be fun. You know, hopefully we won't talk about it, you know, the whole time or geek out too much. Cause there's that, you know, that thing where you think that everyone cares about your fancy team, but really, no one does, so just except for you. But I think you know it's, it's always fun to talk about different players, and especially they're having good seasons you didn't expect, and really good players who aren't. So we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. And um, so yeah, it's it's just a, a fun little addition. Um, some people get really nerdy about it, you know, to a degree. I enjoy it. I follow it to that degree, but. Uh, it's, it's kind of tough when you work a full-time job and especially our dad now, he can't devote too much time. So, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fun to, to talk through that a little bit and, um, yeah, see where it goes from there. Yeah. I, uh, the one thing I like about fantasy baseball in particular is that the numbers are so much fun. Like are, once yeah. you get into saber metrics and all that sort of stuff, like it, the, there is no bottom to the numbers. And so as a nerd, I, I appreciate that. What, what um, I struggle with is keeping up with who the young prospects are and the young players are and all the trades. And, you know, when, when Nick and I were in college, I was f- way more on top of this stuff. Uh, to his point, I wasn't married. I don't have kids. Like, I, I had lots of free time on my hands, so I was able to keep on top of this sort of stuff. Um, and so now I find myself just like looking at the depth charts, not even realizing that people have been traded, let alone aren't what they used to be five years ago. So uh, I'm eager this year for fantasy baseball to dive into the numbers more so than the names, because yeah. I feel like a, a fresh start for me is, is what is most important in helping my basement dwelling keeper league team uh, rise to mediocrity. That's my goal, mediocrity. I don't need to win. I just want to be mediocre. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, a good objective or goal of this podcast can be to to help your team rise to the top. I I would love to do that uh, for you. But yeah, like, like you said, I think the numbers are a fun thing, and there's there's so much variety. And I mean, with anything in life, there's no certainties, so there's always surprises, things that you don't expect. But it's always fun, you know, coming home after a day and seeing one of your players hit two or three home runs or one of your pitchers throw a really good game. And I don't know, it's just a weird thing that I enjoy, but 
All right. Well, Nick, I think we have successfully navigated our very first episode of Mendoza Line, and I could not be happier about it. That was a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, just love love talking baseball. I think it'll be it'll be a good experience this year. I'm I'm sure we won't probably go an hour every time. But, you know, especially when the baseball season starts, I'm sure there'll be plenty of interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, it'll be good. So next week, episode two is going to be a uh, a special episode where we go through our entire baseball draft. So you've been warned. It's going to be a longer episode. It is going to be strictly about uh, our specific fantasy draft. But then with episode three, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming uh, as it is. So uh, any final thoughts, Nick? No, I, uh, I'm excited. Looking forward to this year. All right. Well, then, for Nick, I'm Cam, and we are signing off. We'll catch you next week on Episode 2. Take care. See you guys.